everything we do as a community of believers all points back to Jesus. Everything that I'm going to talk about this morning is not about us. It's not about me. It's never been about me. Come on, tell somebody next to you, it ain't about you. It ain't about you. Turn to the other person and say, and it ain't about me. Who's it about? It's about Jesus. Man, that's where every, every answer you could ever want in life. If you don't know Jesus, I wish I could drag you to him. Because man, he can help you. He has, I was, this morning I was reading and journaling and I was laughing at myself because I was like, man, if people saw me 30 years ago, <laughs> I was a work in progress. I am not who I used to be. And tomorrow, I'll be somebody new again because Jesus is making me new over and over again. It's our hope for you. So welcome to Vision Day. This is a really big day in the life of our church. I believe God has something really big for us this year. Our vision, by the way, is unchanging. It has always been, it is, and it always will be something we say every week. At the core of who we are is what? Loving God and loving people. That's it. We will do that until Jesus returns. The way we do that is by taking the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose of Jesus into this world. Those things are non-negotiables in our church. That is foundational upon Scripture. That is who we are. That is who we will always be in this body. But I also believe that God has something specific in a specific season for his people. And so I want to share that with you. That's what Vision Day is all about. So if you have a Bible, go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. If you don't have one, download version. Great app for your phone. I read out of the New Living Translation. And what I'm going to read to you today is written by a guy named Isaiah. So if you're not new, if you're new to, to Scripture and you're not familiar with the Bible, Isaiah lived about 3,000 years ago, uh, way before Jesus came on the scene. And Isaiah was a prophet, so he was like a preacher like me. And he would speak a word that God gave to him. So often what would happen, if you don't know how prophets operate, is they would go out into the wilderness, God would speak to them, and then they would come back. And so whenever they started, when they would crest the hill, and they would look and they would see the prophet coming, a lot of people would just run. Like, I am, I don't know what this guy is, I don't want to, I don't know. They didn't really want to hear from the prophet. In fact, Isaiah, not a popular guy, sawed him in two. Like, that's how he died. They cut him in half. But he was just determined to speak for God and the word that God had for his people, even though it cost him his life. And he said this in chapter 40 when he got this word from God, and God said, share this with my people. He said, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Listen, for some of you, that's all you need today because in 2019, your whole plan is to clear the way through the wilderness for yourself. You're going to clear a path for yourself. You want to make the highway straight for yourself. I'm going to make a path 
for me. Can I tell you that if all you do in 2019 is think about yourself, worry about yourself, plan for yourself, your vision for your life is so small. So small. But if you invite God into that, God will blow your life up like you will not believe. The influence that you can have in this world, the things that God can do through you, you cannot dream or fathom. I mean, I look all over this room and I see world changers. Like, people that just said, I'm going to get out of the seats and I'm going to go help people. And it's just crazy. Kelly getting on a plane and flying all over the world and helping people you don't know. Man, it's just so crazy. Trent and Sandy, are, I don't know, let's go help the homeless. I don't know, we don't know what we're doing. We'll figure it out. Now, if they go, boom, homeless ministry, blowing up out of every, anywhere. Chris Foster on the back row up here, part of our advisory board. We used to work together. Now, now he's uh, Dr. Foster instructing students raising up pastors and leaders all around the world at Oral Roberts University. Are you kidding me? World changers! World changers. Come on, tell somebody next to you, you're a world changer. You're a world changer. You're a world changer. You just don't know it yet. Here we go. Verse 4, it says this, fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places. Then, somebody say then. then. Then, once those things happen, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Some of you are wondering, why is God not speaking to me? Why don't I hear from God? Why doesn't he direct my life like he directs your life, pastor? Why doesn't he speak vision into my life? Because I can tell you, God, what I'm going to speak today, God has clearly told me we are to do. But he doesn't want to do that for just me. He wants to speak visions and hopes and dreams in your life. It's not just reserved for the preachers. It's for anyone and everyone that wants and is open to hearing from God. And you say, I'm available. So before you think Isaiah was a superpower or superhuman and some kind of superhero, he's just a man. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's a little boy. He grew up. Like any other little boy. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. Like, do you think that Isaiah, for a moment, when he was a little boy, when I grow up, can you see him being in like first grade when they're doing the career thing? What do you want to be? When I grow up, I'm going to be a prophet for God and have people talk about me for thousands of years. No, probably wanted to be an astronaut or something like that. I don't know. God tapped him on the shoulder. What made Isaiah unique? He was available. He was available. Some of you, that's your turning point. You're not available. That's why God's not using you. That's why your life is boring. Can I say that? Can I, can I just step on you for a moment? Your life is boring. It's dull. It's uneventful. You're getting up. You're going to work. Coming home. Going to soccer practice. Blah, 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 blah. And you're going to wake up one day and you're going to be eating jello. And you're going to wonder, what happened to my life? <laughs> be available. Somebody say, be available. be available. 
I got to get to, I got so much I got to share and I'm just, I'm not getting there. I got to get there. All right. Like the way Isaiah ended it, he just said this, the Lord has spoken. I think that's how I'm going to end all my messages this year. I'm just going to finish them and say, the Lord has spoken. Kind of give it a little T.D. Jakes, you know what I'm saying? The Lord has spoken. Okay, maybe not, maybe not. All right, let's pray because uh, we, we need to know what God wants to say. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you, God, that you did not leave us alone. Thank you, God, that in your infinite wisdom and power, you said, I am not going to, I didn't come to punish my people. I came to set them free. And you said, the only way I'm going to know to do that is I'm going to send my son. He's going to come and he's going to walk. Thank you. Walk among us. He walked among us. Thank you. We are radically changed and we are open today. Somebody say, I'm open to what God has for me. May it be so. Come on, may it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated. Got all these fancy signs the team is putting together for me. You're probably wondering what they're all for. Now I will explain them here in just a moment to you. Let's go back to Isaiah's letter, okay? Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. Isaiah said this. We read it just a moment ago. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. You know, some, some translations say prepare the way for the Lord. Somebody say preparation. Preparation. So I, I was on my um, annual prayer retreat uh, this past year, and uh, back just a couple of weeks ago, and whenever I go on my prayer retreats, I, I like to just kind of focus on what is coming for the new year. And so I began to ask God, like I do every year, what is it you want to do in our body? What is it you want to do in our church? And then I just kind of listen for the direction God has given to me. And, and I like to get a word. I like to use a word because I like to be really laser-focused. And so I, this year, no different, I said, God, do you have a word for our church for 2019? And God very clearly said to me, yes, I gave you that word two months ago. And I just said to God, yeah, but uh, I don't like that word. <laughs> anybody, anybody ever done that? God speaks to you, tells you something, and you don't like what he's telling you, and you hope he'll change his mind, come back with something different? That's what I was hoping for. He's like, God, I, you know, and he's like, no, that's the word. I need you to give that word to the people. And I was like, but God, this, that word has no, like, oomph to it. You know, it has no, um, no snap to it. It's not, a, it's not an exciting word. It's not a rallying word. And he said, I'm telling you, Brad, tell them the word that I have. So the word that I believe that God has for us for 2019 is the word Preparation. That was my reaction as well. I told God you were going to react that way. I told him. Preparation is not an exciting word. I'm like, something else, God, please. He said, no, the word is preparation. And what I realize is preparation is not exciting unless what you're getting prepared for is exciting. You know what I mean? Like, well, look at this picture here. So this is a picture uh, from a tea room in our house that Laura and her mom have put together. And uh, she's had this, Laura, her mom, and that's uh, my future daughter-in-law, 
Caroline, and they're having a tea party. You see the smiles on those faces? Do you know why they're smiling? They're not smiling because they're doing a tea party. They're smiling because they're preparing for a wedding, okay? Now, that is exciting. That is awesome. In fact, she's right over here. Give her some love right here. Right over here. Jared, Caroline, getting married, getting him off the payroll. Woo! With Jesus, freedom. It's not hard to get prepared for something if you're excited about what you're getting prepared for. Come on, if, you, if you're getting, if you have a new job opportunity and you got a job interview, man, you're excited about that opportunity and you get, you get prepared for that job interview. You want to have a baby. Come on, man. But preparation is exciting. <laughs> Can I get an amen from God? Come on, man. All right. <laughs> Did he really just say that? I, I just don't know. Was that what he meant? I think that's what he meant. I, if you're getting ready to graduate, man, you, you're making some preparations for the future, and, and, and it's exciting what you're getting prepared for, and what we are getting prepared for as a church, what God is getting ready to do is big, and it's exciting, and we have got to get ready. Come on, tell somebody next to you, get ready, get ready. We've got to get ready. We've got to get prepared. Because if you don't get prepared, then it's not going to work out like you hoped it would work out. Like, I, for example, I, um, I like to eyeball it. Anybody like to just eyeball things, just kind of figure it out as you go along? Anybody? Come on, honestly, hands up. Oh, I love second service. Yeah, because he's just the eyeballer. It's like, oh, I'll just figure it out. Yesterday, I was putting up a curtain rod in the house, and I was kind of in a hurry, and Laura wanted the curtain rod up, and I was like, oh, forget it. I don't need a tape measure. So I eyeballed the one bracket, got it up there, went over, eyeballed the other bracket. That looks pretty level. Put the screws in, put the curtain up. It's dragging the ground, and it's like, if you lean like this, honey, it looks great. It's amazing. you got to prepare. Someone once said, if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. I believe God has something big for us, and so I want you to write this down because I think this is uh, the synopsis of what I really want to get said today, and I think it's such an important thing, is God prepares before he promotes. God prepares before he promotes. For some of you, that's all you need today. You have a dream. You have some hopes that God's put into you, some things that you want to do. You got, man, I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen. You know what's going to happen for some of you? The year is going to go around. The calendar is going to turn over. You're going to be in January 2020. Your life is going to be no different. Why? Because you would not get prepared. You just wanted to be promoted. You're just hoping it was going to happen. But it doesn't work that way. God prepares before he promotes. And I believe that God has something big for us. He's going to take us to the next level. And so he is going to prepare us before he promotes us. In the Old Testament, there's a story of a guy named Nehemiah. If you've been a part of Core Church for any amount of time, you know that's my life book. You know that's the story and journey of our church. We are what I would call a Nehemiah church. So if you're, if you're not familiar with Nehemiah, let me just give you a synopsis of that story. Nehemiah was, uh, the, the entire nation of Israel was enslaved once again, this time to the Babylonians, and Nehemiah was enslaved and working for the king. And his family and some others had been in Jerusalem, and they came to visit him 
in, in, in Babylon. And when they came to him, he said, hey, how's it, how's it going back in Jerusalem? And they said, not good. The walls are down. It's a disgrace. The enemies, uh, we're vulnerable to our enemies. And the glory, God is not being glorified. It's, it's bad. It says that Nehemiah wept. Nehemiah went to the king and said, can I go back? Can I help rebuild the walls? And it's an incredible story. Nehemiah goes back. He rallies the people. And in 52 days, they rebuild those walls. I believe that is the call on our church. We are called to be a Nehemiah church. We are called as a church to rebuild and restore dying churches and dying places. God calls us into the places that people are leaving. God calls us into the places no one else wants to go. God calls us to those people and those churches that have been forsaken, forgotten, and left for dead. And God is calling us to be the people that will roll up our sleeves and go and help those people. So last year, I was on my prayer retreat last year, and, and I was asking God about that. Because I believe, God, yes, I believe you're going to, you're going to send us to churches that are dying and, and churches that need to be rebuilt and, and places that need to be. Where? Where, God? Where? We'll go. Where? Where? You ever done that? Ask God. Just show me and I'll go. God, just show me and I'll go. And God very clearly in that moment spoke to me and said, Brad, you're never going to have to go looking for them. I will always bring them to you. I'm going to repeat the Nehemiah vision over and over and over again in your life. What I need to know is will your answer be yes? And I wrestled with that because I know how hard that is. Because I know when we came together in 2012 and we rebuilt the walls of this church, I know how difficult it was and I know the cost that had to be paid by myself and leaders and others here, the cost that was paid and I knew what it would take to go out and what would happen. And, but I looked at that and I said, yes, 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 God, our answer will be yes. You bring them, we'll say yes. That's who we'll be. A few days ago, I got a call, but it was a call from a place that I was not really expecting that call to come from, and they were asking us to come and help. That call did not come from here locally, but it came globally, it came all the way across the ocean from Ethiopia, and the call came because the leader over there in that area, the church in the, in the city there is, is dying. Like that's a, kind of the call of our church. And, and, the, and the church is in ruins there, but, but there's some leaders there that are ready to be trained, pastors that are ready to be trained, but nobody will come to train them. And they said, will you come? Will you come and will you train these leaders? And I said, yes, we will come. Yes, we will come. Now, some of you are like asking, I know you're, when you think about it, you're like, wait, go where? We're going to Ethiopia? When are we going? And, and what, are, we, are we starting churches there? Or is, am I going? Is someone else? I don't know. I don't know. It's so fresh. It's so new. All I know is we got the call, and we said yes, and we're going to go. But I also believe this. I also believe that it's not just a call to go across the globe, but it's a call to go across the city. I have had the stirring in me that God has given me for a long time, but especially this past year, that in this city, 
There are churches that are dying. People are leaving these churches and they're abandoning these buildings and they're shutting them down and the weeds are growing and the people in the community, they're dying and the weeds are growing in their yard and in their life and God is saying, hey, will you go to those places? And our answer is yes, we will go. Whether it's across the globe or it's across the city, our answer is yes, we will go. And I believe that God is asking for a yes in, in four specific areas this morning, four areas that, that he wants us to get prepared in, because I believe this is the year of preparation. If we will prepare, God will promote us. So let's look at this, this first area of preparation. It's found back in Isaiah's letter and verse 4, where he says this, fill in the valleys. Fill in the valleys. The, fill in the, the valleys. People in our city and in our world, at one point they had hopes, they had dreams, they had aspirations, they were so high, but now they have fallen to the lowest places of despair and brokenness, and they're in a dark valley, and they're wondering, is this it? Is it going to ever get any better? I can't, how are we ever going to overcome this? And I believe that we at Core Church are called to go and fill in those valleys. We are called to go and lift people out of despair. We are called to lift people out of hopelessness. We are called to lift people out of sin that they can stand again and have hope in their life. I believe that's who we are. And I believe that's what God wants to do through us. So the first area of preparation that I want you to write down is this. Give so others might live. Give so others might live. If we're going to go halfway around the world and rebuild the dying places in Ethiopia, if we're going to go across this city and we're going to rebuild the dying places of this city and rebuild the churches, it's going to take resources. It's going to take generous giving and all of us doing our part. You know what I'm so excited about is in this body, you people are generous. We are a generous church. I, I talked to our accounting department this past week and I said, hey, um, could you send me a list of every single person that's given in this church and show me exactly what they've given so I can make an account of it and I can call those people out who haven't given this year. And so I have that list that... <laughs> Some of you are all like, I gotta go to the bathroom right now. I feel the spirit moving me right out of here. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I did ask the, our accounting department, I said, hey, I'm curious, how many givers do we have in, in our church? And the number he brought back kind of blew me away. He said, uh, we have over 200 giving units, units in our church, okay? That represents about 600 people, give or take a few, somewhere around 600 people got skin in the game. 600 people say, I believe in the vision of this church. I want to see it move forward. And I want to encourage you, in 2019, if we're going to do big things for God, it's going to take all of us taking another step in generosity. 
Maybe, maybe you gave a little bit last year. Maybe for you, the challenge this year is, you know what? I believe in Ethiopia. I believe in taking the gospel around the world. I believe in taking it across the city. I want to be counted on this. And you say, man, I'm going to start giving regularly every single month. I don't know what you're going to give. I don't care what you give. But you say, I'm going to do it regularly. Some of you who've been giving regularly, maybe for you, it's time. You're like, I need to take another step. You know, we see throughout Scripture this idea and this principle of tithing, of giving 10%. And so we encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus, we think that's a really good standard to uphold in your life, giving 10%. And, and maybe that's for you this year. Now is the time. I'm going to step up. Or you say, Brad, I don't know. Maybe you give one more percent. You give 3% now. This year, you're going to get 4%. You give 5%. I'm going to give 7%. I don't know. Whatever God moves on you. Or maybe, maybe you tithe. Maybe you say, man, I'm give. I'm good. I'm off the hook. No, I don't think you are. Because we're called to radical generosity in our lives, radical generosity. And maybe God's calling you to give just a little bit more. But when you give, when you give, what is that going to allow us to do? We're going to fill in the valleys. When you give those resources, we're going to go out and we're going to raise people up to new life in Jesus. Give so others might live. The second area of preparation is this. It's found in verse 4. Isaiah says, level the mountains and hills. Level the mountains and hills. So, so many people feel like they, they, they can't get to God. They, they don't measure up. That I'm not good enough to come to church, man. And I got to get right and work out a few things. I can't really go into church. And so they're trying to scale this mountain to get to God. Can I tell you that, that if you're doing that and you're trying to scale the mountain and get to God, you're never, ever going to get to him. And that is why God left heaven and came down to us. He knew we could never rise up to him, so he came to us. And so as a church, at Core Church, we are committed to leveling mountains. We are going to remove obstacles. We are going to remove barriers, anything that keeps people from getting to Jesus. Man, I'm excited. You know, last year, we had over 400 people come through our doors for the very first time. Over 400 people heard the gospel. How are you not clapping and excited and freaking out about that? You must just be stunned. You must just be like stunned. That's the only thing I think. 400 people walked into our church last, week, last year. We removed the barriers. They came in. They got encouraged. They found support. They found a place that they can belong. I, I talked to a lady this morning, and I said I talked to her. I got a text from a, someone who started attending our church last year, and all she basically said in this text was, I love Core Church. My past is so messed up. But when I came, this was cool. She said this, I found the love of God. Found the love of God. If you're taking notes, here's a second area of preparation. Serve so others might be saved. Serve so others might be saved. God is asking for our yes in sacrificial serving. Do you know we have 165 people right now that are on core teams? 165 of you have already said yes. 
You're, you're holding babies. You're teaching children. You're ministering to young people on Wednesday nights. You're, you're coming in and you're setting up when nobody's here. You're greeting at, at the door. But you're not just doing those things. You know what you're doing? You are leveling mountains. You are a mountain leveler. Like, don't think, oh, what I did is no big deal. No, it is huge. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I walked through the doors, I thought I would never be accepted or welcomed in a church, and the person at the door was smiling and shook my hand. It changed my life. Their life was changed by a handshake. Somebody reached out their hand to somebody who was broken and leveled the mountain for them and said, I'm moving the barriers, I'm making a way, and when you get up, listen, if you're not on a core team, get on a team. Be a mountain leveler. Clear the way, remove the boundaries. Let God use you in 2019. Third area of preparation is found in verse four as well. Isaiah says this, straighten the curves. Straighten the curves. People in our, in our culture, in, in our world, this is their life. They're so confused. They're, they're try- I'll go this way. No, that, that's not working. I'll go this way. No, that's not working. I'll try this, and I'll try this. And they're not happy. They're not finding satisfaction. They're not finding purpose. They're not finding me. Maybe that's you today. Maybe that's your life. Maybe this defines your life. Well, I tried this. I went out and bought this, and it worked for a little bit, but now I'm empty again. I went out and tried this job, but now I'm miserable again. And I tried this person, dating this person, marrying this person. That didn't work, and you're all over the road. And people right now, they're confused. They have no direction. They have no meaning. They have no purpose. Their life is going around in circles, and God is sending us out to straighten out the curves in their life. Straighten them out. God is calling you and me to go out and show them there's purpose for your life. There is meaning for your life. Like here at Core Church, we said, man, Jesus is your true north. It's the third area of preparation that we've got to get ready. Write this down. Go so others might know. Go so others might know. We've had um, almost 50 people make a first-time commitment to follow Jesus in 2018. Almost about 50 people. Man, when I was a little kid riding my BMX bike and, and jumping kids in the neighborhood, <laughs> I never dreamed that God might use me. And like 50 people are thinking, <laughs> 50 people are going to be in heaven. But it's not me. It's all of us. I, I, don't, I don't, Jesus saves them and you bring them. I'm, I'm not that good, okay? I mean, I'm not that good of a preacher. I can't save anybody. It's your life. You're, you're a light. And the fact that you show up every week and say, I don't know how to reach people for Jesus, but I'm sure as heck going to try because I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want people to live in hell right now. Forget going to hell. They're already in hell. 
And I don't want that for anyone's life. And I'll do anything in my power until every breath is exhausted from my lungs to see people come to know Jesus. That's Isaiah. Man, Isaiah, he said, I don't care what people say. I don't care what they think. I'm going to proclaim the name of the Lord. They got so angry at him, they sawed him in half. He said, we're done with you. But he didn't care because he's celebrating right now. Everybody dies eventually. I don't know I want to go that way, just for the record. <laughs> but God wants to use all of us to go into our neighborhoods and to our um, workplaces and to go into our schools. And but I also believe that we're ascending church. I believe God is going to not only send us out across the city, I believe he's going to send some of you out across the world and, and across our city. And I, I was... I was praying on Thursday, I was walking all these aisles, and, and I was praying, and, and I just caught this vision of, of this, this room just filled with missionaries, and pastors, and leaders, and staff, and, and people that would say yes to Jesus. I was, I was walking, um, don't get nervous, don't get nervous. Everybody gets nervous when the preacher comes down on the floor, don't they? Oh, good, he's going to the other side of the room. I'll be over there in a minute. So I saw this entire section empty. This entire section empty. Because I saw an entire section saying, I'll go wherever you send me. Now, I know when I say that, some of y'all are like, oh, he's I'm sitting somewhere else next week. I am not sitting there. <laughs> I'm not sitting there. Okay? And I know when I say that, some of y'all, you're like, oh, not me. Uh-uh, not me. Oh, that's the worst thing you can say, by the way, because, because 20 years ago, they were starting a church, and Laura and I were a part of this church, and I was sitting right over here on this third row at, at, at another church, and they were talking about starting this other church, and I was like, hey, good for them. I'll be praying for you. That's awesome. Uh, not me. Uh-uh. I ain't going. 20 years later, I'm the pastor. <laughs> so don't say no, and don't say not me. It might be you. And so I'm walking all of these aisles, and I'm just going up and down these aisles. I'm getting all fired up, and I'm preaching my sermon, and I was so excited. I was like, whoa, world changers in these seats, man. And I was praying up and down and up and down these aisles for every person that God would put people in these seats that you would capture the vision that God has for your life. That he has a vision, he has a purpose, he has something he wants to do through every person that's gathered in this room, and you would awaken to that. You'd be like, man, I could do this. I could be a world changer. I could do something. And then, I, I, then I got to, to this section back here. You guys are going to hate that you sat here. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to regret that you sat in these two rows right here. Sorry, Shirley, you shouldn't have, shouldn't have sat here. And I got to these two rows, and, and I just started walking down these, these rows, and I, and I just stopped, and, and, um, and I, I, saw, I saw pastors in these, in these seats, and I, I just saw, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not putting that on you. God's putting it on you. No, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I'll tell you this, the same thing that, that, was, that was told to me. If, if that's what God wants you to do, if that's what God wants you to do, 
when you get older, when you get all grown up, and you say, I'm going to do whatever Jesus wants me to do, he'll tap you on the shoulder. He'll tell you. That's what he did for me. You know, when I was, well, come up here real quickly. I'm, I'm going to run out of time, but I don't care. All right, so, so when I was, when I, how old are you? You're 11. So when I was um, about your age, maybe a couple years younger, I had people that would come to me and say, you're going to be a preacher one day. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> but you know what? God never, ever told me I was going to be a preacher until I was almost 30 years old. I never disobeyed God. I followed God. I listened to God. I was obedient to God. And then one day he went like this. He tapped me on the shoulder. So if he taps you on the shoulder, you say yes. You say yes, and your life will be amazing. It won't be amazing. Won't it be amazing what God will do? Man. So I want to give you three things real quick, and um, I, I got to move fast. But I want to give you these three things to, that I think are so key to being a world changer. This is really what's cha what changed my life, okay? This is really what changed my life. Three words, I want you to write these down. You've heard me say them before, but I'm saying them again. Intercede, invest, invite. Intercede, invest, invite. That, that, when I started doing that in my life, when I started praying, interceding, and praying for people that were far from God, I started praying, God, use me. God, however you want to use me today, wherever you want to use me today, I didn't have this grandiose vision that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a preacher, and I'm going to go around the world, I'm going to go to Ethiopia, and I'm going to start churches, and we're going to start, I didn't have any of that stuff. All I was thinking, God, just use me today in somebody's life. So I had my head down, and I prayed, and then I, every day I do this, every day I pray, God, use me, and I have names of people I'm praying for, and then I get my head up, and I start looking around, and I start investing in people's lives. I just start doing good. I just do good. Get your head up. Okay, wherever you want to use me, God. Maybe it's a kind word to somebody. Maybe it's praying for them. Maybe, maybe it's opening a door for somebody. Maybe it's just listening. to. I don't know. Just do that. And then when the time is right, and you'll know it, invite them to Jesus. Invite them to experience the hope and the healing and the peace and the purpose that you found in your life. Go so others might know. All right, fourth one. Let's get through this fourth area of preparation. Number four, verse four, he says this, smooth out the rough places. Smooth out the rough places. So here's the thing you need to understand. Before God can do a work through you, he's got to do a work in you. Listen, we, we've all got some rough places that need to be smoothed out. Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah, come on. Elbow the person next to you say, he's obviously talking to you. He's obviously talking to you. Yeah. We all have rough places, character flaws, things that trip you up, attitudes, whatever. Disobedience, we've all got it. God says, I want to smooth out the rough places in your life. So write this down. Here's the fourth area of preparation. Grow for the sake of your soul. Grow for the sake of your soul. It does no good to the kingdom of God if you give everything for the soul of others and lose yours. Take care of your soul. I think one of the best ways we do that is we grow in relationship with God by being in relationship with God's people. Core groups is where it, where it happens. I want to I encourage you, I want to challenge you 
If you're not in a group, you're not connected to people in this church, you don't have a, a solid group of friends in your life, if the only thing you experience in core church is this, Sunday morning, you're in trouble. I've seen it my entire ministry, almost 20 years now. When people are only a part of this, it's only a matter of time before they drift. 100% of the time. Never have I been wrong. If this is as deep as you go, you will eventually drift. Or you might drift to another church, and then you'll be there, and then you'll drift to another church, and another and another until you eventually drift away from the body and you get yourself in a really bad place. Sink your teeth in. Get in a core group. People that are in core groups, they're growing. They're the world changers. They're the people that are encouraging one another. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. We're going to encourage one another. Iron sharpens iron. If you're not in a core group, I'm telling you, four weeks, that's it. Four weeks is all you need to be in a group. We're doing this relationship series. Laura and I are going to co-teach it. And for four weeks, we want everybody in a group. After four weeks, if you're like, I can't stand these people, I don't like these people, you just, bye, okay? Go find another group. It's okay, all right? That's why we got a lot of different groups. Grab a next step card right on there. I want to be in a group, and we will get you connected to a group. Grow for the sake of your soul. We don't do this for ourselves. And don't do this for ourselves. Don't do it for yourself. Don't do anything this year for your own sake and for your own glory. We don't do this so the name of Core Church is famous anywhere. We do this so that Jesus will be famous. We do this so people will know Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That's why I love these new songs that we're singing. They're just, they say Jesus in them over and over again. I'm like, man, I'm so glad we're singing songs that aren't all about me all the time but that i getting my focus where it's supposed to be on Jesus. Isaiah closed this part of it, and he said this, then, somebody say then. then. So once we prepared, once we prepared, the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. I believe that God wants to promote our church. He wants to promote you to a new level in 2019, but before he promotes us, he's got to prepare us.